0: This is Tala with drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. <laughs> tonight, I'm going to be really suggesting strongly for you to open up your mind, suspend disbelief for a little bit, just for the purpose of this episode. Because I'm going to be talking about what we call the inner voice. Now, I could have said the word consciousness, which would have been quite acceptable in philosophy and in psychology. And even now in our, in our world, we talk a lot about the conscious awareness and consciousness. Or I could talk about soul, or I can even talk about or label this inner voice as, um, the Holy Spirit or any variations of it. But I'm gonna, for now, remove all of those words and just basically make it something that we can access quicker. Something that we don't have to fight against, have an opinion about, because that will just cause us resistance. But it's something that we all have, which is what we call the inner voice. If you just kind of recognize it just like that, that's probably the best way to look at it, or simplest way to look at it. It's an inner voice. Now, the practical part of the inner voice is that it just basically is an inner monologue that expresses what we're thinking. It has a voice to express what we're thinking, whether we're trying to label something, uh, review something, evaluate something about our world. We can do that with our inner voice. That's the practicality of that part of the inner voice. But the inner voice is not just the practical function of it. That we notice often, but it has another important function that is very much needed in self-transformations and in our self-guidance. Think of it as a GPS system in some way of our own inner self, our own path. Tonight, I don't want to complicate what the inner voice is. Again, I could call it by all sorts of other names, but you'll have opinions about it if I call it by those names. We can call it consciousness, your soul, your uh whatever you want to call it, but in reality, it's it's something that I want to have a simple attachment to, just a simple non-resistant attachment for now, okay? Because we all need to know about this inner quality that can help us quite a bit in our life. How you know it's there, how I know it's there, is that if you look at any object in front of you, pick an object, and I want you to label that object without opening your mouth, without saying anything. Go ahead and do that. Yeah, that is your inner voice. However you label it, you didn't open your mouth, who are you talking to, yeah? That's how we know it's there. We don't need to complicate that part. Reserve all the other opinions you may have about what that inner voice could be. Now, like I said before, it has a practical function. It helps us express on the inside whatever it is that we need to express about what we're viewing. At times, we can interpret our world that way internally. We have a whole world on the inside. This inner voice really creates a reality on the inside. And part of this is programmed from early on. Whatever messages I've received from my family, from going to school, whatever messages really start developing the reality of my inner voice. It even starts to develop my sound. A lot of us may even sound like our parents on the inside, have the same damn rules, think the same ways on the inside. That inner voice is partially programmed. We also get to connect it in some forms to these things that we feel in a physical body that are also known as feelings. Also could be called hormones. They're attached to that inner voice. It's all connected, right? So when I'm thinking angry thoughts on the inside, I'm rehearsing them and I start to feel the angry hormones, right? That's them connecting with one another. Again, I don't need to prove that to you. You already know it's there. Think about it for a second. It's there, right? We don't need to (laughs) pull out books and try to find maps for this when you already know what it is. I'm here confirming it for you. It's something that you already know. When I start to think happy thoughts, I'm going to also produce and connect with my physical body to produce uh, hormones to match those happy feelings, right? So that's a big chunk of our inner voice. It's programmable. It's influenced by messages we've received from society, like I said, from family, from school, from our culture, from the media even. Anything. Anything is is part of that programming of our inner voice now this inner voice in a lot of ways has a tone that it talks to you with this tone that it talks to you with is also programmed in there it could sound like i said before a parent a caregiver it can be kind it can be rude it can be critical judgmental whatever inner voice you have in there it would be so familiar that sometimes most people don't recognize that it's in there they kind of think it's just as feelings they don't realize that there is an inner voice there's an inner world that interprets the world outside the outside world is not really injecting me with any interpretations i'm the one who's looking at my world uh, using my inner voice to talk about the world right? And depending on my programming is depending how I'm going to interpret whatever I see in the world. What I may call uh, good, bad, ugly, (laughs) whatever it is, I'm going to interpret it from my inner voice. That's the part that's been programmed. And if you think about it, most of the episodes I make are really about that inner voice and changing that programmable inner voice. That part of us that we might have inherited from our family, we might have just kind of continued on rehearsing and and never interrupted, never challenged it. That's the stuff that causes us the, the distress at times. So when people think of depression and anxiety, most of the time it's just rehearsed thought patterns that we rehearse over and over again. So an anxious person would just generally... Uh, have a fear-motivated thought pattern. A depressive person often uh, comes up with different interpretations that are depressive or sad about the past or about the future or about their current state. So these are programmed and rehearsed within us early on. We uh, may not be able to prevent them at times because we don't pick and choose our family. So if my mom or dad were... You know, loudly depressive or loudly anxious, I might just, I'm just gonna repeat or rehearse whatever it is that they're saying, and it'll become part of my reality, my programming. And it stays in there for many, many years until hopefully one day I challenge it. I tell you all this because, and I have plenty of episodes on these discussing this idea of consciousness, this programmable part of us, part of our inner voice. Another way to say that is part of our self talk that part there is all we can control once we know we're doing it if we don't know we're doing it then it's like a stream we don't even recognize it it's like a stream of consciousness they say or automatic thoughts we just don't recognize that and so we just perceive it's the truth basically we're so comfortable with it we don't recognize that it's rehearsed or reinforced thought patterns that we are producing thoughts are habits friends All we're doing is just rehearsing them over and over again, and they're familiar to us. Their familiarity, like I say many times, is confused with the fact that they could be real. Familiar means that it's real to many of us, uh, but we never challenge that. And if we don't challenge it, then we're really going to perceive that these negative thought patterns that we may have on the inside that we may have rehearsed for years is really real, not because it's the truth, but because it's familiar, it's just repetitive and there's a power to repetition when it comes to us humans. We are not original thinkers. All of us are basically habitual thinkers. We think in the same habits over and over and over again. Rarely do we meet anybody who's really an original thinker, friends. We're all habitual. That actually brings a little bit of comfort and relief in my world to know that my thoughts are habits. That means that time I can recognize the habit and then interrupt it if I choose to, Uh, but there's plenty of episodes on that. But for today, I want to just make sure that I introduce the second part of our inner voice, probably the one that is going to be, for many people, tricky to get a handle on. We don't acknowledge that place at times, but it's there. It's the part of our inner voice, the other voice, one would say, that speaks to us about things that are good for us. Things where it can heal us. It can allow us to self-soothe. It almost acts as a GPS system for us on our inside to take us to where we want to go, where we would find our bliss. But to get to that place, to really hear that voice loud and clear, it has to compete with our programmable voice, which could be fear-driven, uh anger driven, it has a lot of hormones that are pretty loud, that it's hard to hear the other voice because it's not as loud. The other voice may be very neutral and chemically in your body will not be producing really loud uh, response. More often than not, we have to actually try to practice hearing the other voice. You know, the one that we're all born with. The one that says we're worthy. The one that says we're worthy because we're human. No more, no less. It doesn't evaluate us. It doesn't judge us. It simply corrects us gently and kindly and compassionately. It always knows that we're lovable. It doesn't have to attach conditions on anything in order for this human being to be worthy. It's a voice that inspires us at times to do things that may be fear-inducing for us, but it's something that we feel like we should do risks to take that will help us transform our life. It's the voice that picks us up when our programming takes us into little bitty pieces. It's that voice that is not loud yet within us. That's the voice that's going to help us put the puzzle pieces back together with us. I have to describe it that way because science, you want to put a finger on it, and because it doesn't have the evidence physically, we assume it to not exist. But Look, as I'm talking about it, I know you know it's there. I know it's there, whether science or a bunch of people want to call it something else and it's not provable and it's not uh, evidence-based, whatever the case is. They can, they can say that, they can have that opinion, but we really have to expand our mind to allow ourselves to heal, to allow ourselves to expand beyond what is just physical evidence. We know that it's there. We have a feeling on the inside that this inner voice, this thing that is existing in the background, at times comes out and it wants us to do something amazing and it wants us to fulfill an important role in this lifetime. Now in some circles, this is what is known as intuition. This part of us, That really we can't put a finger on. We don't know how we know these things. This type of knowing of things that comes from a place that is kind, is generous, always soothing and always healing if we allow it to do its job. But like I said before, the inner programmed voice that we have is going to be a lot louder. It has its habits pretty much reinforced for many years and is very powerful. So we have to train ourselves to separate the inner voice that's programmed with the other inner voice, which is what we may call intuition. We want to separate those within. It's not that I'm not going to ever hear the loud, <laughs> critical, programmed inner voice on the inside. It's not that I'm not going to hear it. Our job is to be able to really discern within Which one am I listening to? What am I listening to? What am I going to give priority to? And when I do that, then I start seeing things with clarity. Then I'm really fulfilling my human role here from a place of depth, a place of healing. It connects from a source that in a lot of ways knows things more than I actually do. It's a knowing that we're all born with. Some of us may call it different things. You know, God, Source, the Universe. But it's a knowing. It's in there. Call it whatever you like. It's in there. Sometimes when we label it, we might place some resistance towards it. But it's still there. And so the point of today is to give you a map to find what I'm, what we're talking about here. Because once we do then we really can get to a place of clarity. We can start healing ourselves instead of all the programmable inner voice functions of self-destructive, self-sabotaging behaviors, depressive, anxious living. We're making it into a lifestyle, people. When we have the ability to self-soothe, the ability to self-heal, we're born that way. I'm not telling you something you don't intuitively know on the inside. You know this. I'm just reinforcing it for you. I'm just confirming it and validating it. So this way, when you are looking within, you can start separating the voices. (laughs) I know anybody walking in on this right now would be like, "What? what is Tala talking about? Voices. Again, keep an open mind. I'm not saying anything that you don't know already. I'm just saying it out loud. I'm confirming it for you. Even better to know that it's there and when you know it's there you can use it it is built just for you to be used by you this intuitive voice this point of inspiration within us this knowing within us is here to heal us is possibly there to help us with the part that we need to heal about our own programming now not all programming is a is a bad thing Um, not all programming is a good thing. A lot of the programming that we've got is just neutral. It hangs out in in the in between. But for anything that is not doing you any good, I need my inner intuitive self, something within me to help talk to that part that's programmed, to soothe it, to guide it into a place that is supported by wisdom. We all have that on the inside, a wisdom, something that lets us make decisions in a way where we kind of know it will turn out okay. We don't know how we know that. (laughs) And to, to be honest with you, we're not answering that one today, but we know it's there. We know sometimes that when we make those hunches that are out of nowhere, that inspired from thin air, you know, this place within us that says, you know what, you should just go for it. And we do, and amazing things happen. We have the opportunity to live this way for the rest of our life once we know that that voice is within us and to learn to use it, this intuition that we are all born with. It's a form of GPS that lets us know and directs us to go to places where it's good for us. Whether it's emotionally, physically, mentally, it's there. It's a self-sufficient mechanism that works on the inside of all of us humans. I need us to all use it. I wanted to kind of simplify this discussion today to just introducing you to that inner voice. Some people might say that meditation might help us start to listen to that inner voice by quieting that mind. And I have plenty of episodes on quieting the mind. <laughs> so take a look, scroll down there and find uh, the ones on quieting the mind. But meditation is also a good way to, to, to help us separate that voice. I can get to slow down a little bit in my mind in order for me to stop it from just being a stream of consciousness that I just react to automatically. We can do this. And when we start to do this, imagine living a life that is interactive with your highest self with the self that has the most wisdom the part of you that is there to nurture and to guide the rest of you living from that place living from a place of the highest self is just going to elevate the quality of our life it's just one important way to do that. So I don't really mind whatever anybody believes in. Anybody can believe in anything. This is not about that. What it is about is knowing and validating what you already know about yourself. And the power that you have is immense. There are books and books in history that talk about intuition and its power. It's not shocking. It's not voodoo. It's you. It's me. It's my son. We all have the same thing. This inner wisdom, this inner knowing. I'm not an authority on you. As a matter of fact, no one is an authority on another except of one's self. And uh, that makes sense to me. That's what this is really all about. Somewhere, maybe in the childhood realm, we had been made to believe that we are not an authority on ourselves. And that we cannot know ourselves so well that we accept ourselves as we are as a whole and work on that. We've been taught that others' opinions are an authority over us. And many times, we only trust our own opinions if it is validated by others. And that takes us away from that voice. Sometimes I look at children and I think, man... They probably have that voice in them loud and clear, that voice that I'm talking about, that intuitive nudge that tells them, go to where the fun is at, to take risks that are exciting, that will amaze them and inspire them into amazing realms. And I see that clearly with children. I see that because they're always having fun. Learning for them is playing. And we lose that along the way. We're taught that it's inconvenient for others, to, for us to play all the time and to have fun all the time. And maybe the wonder that we've had as children slowly starts to disappear and is replaced by practical knowledge. And um, there goes the romance that we've had on the inner world that communicates with the outer world. So I want people to really get that back. That feeling that they've had, that they know is in there. This internal space within them that does not judge them, that wants to have fun, that enjoys learning through play, that doesn't judge others, you know? I see that with children when I see uh, them hugging each other and loving on each other and they don't care what social status, what color, what ethnicity, what religious affiliation they're part of. They're just loving on each other. They know exactly what the heck doing. Us adults, on the other hand, have numbed or blurred, I think is, is the word I'm, I'm looking for, blurred the that crystal brightness within us, that inner voice that made all these amazing things happen. We've just blurred it up. So our mission is to get it back. Not like we've lost it, (laughs) to be honest with you, it's always been there, but now we want to access it, that inner voice, not the program, but the inner voice. And what's the worst thing that can happen if you actually believed in that inner voice, in that intuitive knowing, in that beautiful inner part of us that is meant to have us live to the highest self? What's the worst thing that could happen? So we believe it. And if we believe it, would it be really worse than believing that fear can be a God? Is it worth believing it that sadness and depression is a lifestyle? I don't know. I don't know if it's worse than all that. But that's what I see a lot. People that have made fear, depression, anxiety into a lifestyle, friends. I don't know if that's any better. I don't know if these are the only options that we've got. But... We do have one option, one that we've always had, one that is internal to us and that we're born with, one that sometimes we stray away from because of our experiences, our changes, our adaptations. But eventually, if we're lucky enough, we find our way back to it. We then learn to work on sharpening the bright crystal that is this inner voice this inner knowing, we sharpen it by working on it every day, by trusting it every day, by asking it, what would my highest self say in this moment? What would my wisest self say in this moment? What would my most compassionate self, my most loving self, my most patient self, say in this moment? And we access it that way. And when we ask it, we will get a response. It won't take long we will we'll know what it is we'll know what it's trying to tell us we have to trust that and let it help us as it is built to do just that thank you guys so much for joining me tonight i'm sending you love and light albert einstein once said no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it so ladies and gentlemen it appears that in order for us to solve a problem, we just have to outgrow it. This has been an episode of drive DriveThru.